Work shouldn't feel like a drag. And you shouldn't have to sacrifice your soul for a job you love. Determined to rethink the future of work. She's out of her depth on purpose. With fresh ideas, interviews, and stories from her life on the road. Meet Europe's newest digital nomad, Blair Palmer. Hello and welcome to episode 75 of A Brilliant Gamble. I hope you are really well. We are, as I record this, in Croatia. Still, we're here for a whole month, but we are popping back to the UK for a few days. I've got a project with a wonderful client there, and so we're going back for just five days, visit some family and do some work, and then flying back. So this morning, we dropped our dogs off at a kennel, a boarding kennel near to here. Well, not that near, actually. Turns out they don't have a lot of boarding kennels in Croatia, so we had to drive quite far to get to one, um, but it looked really really lovely there and they're going to be having a, a whale of a time for five days while we're away and then tomorrow we jump on a plane and head off to the UK for the week. But this last week has been so interesting. In addition to, you know, a bit of water park action and a bit of going down to the beach after work, I've been talking to participants on my upcoming pilot now, this is a pilot for a group coaching program, and some of the content for that program will be available uh, certainly in autumn. But what's been happening this last week is that I've been talking to participants on my upcoming group coaching pilot program. So we are piloting this program uh, very soon. It starts in the middle of June and I have been talking to the participants and finding out what they want to get from it and making sure that the content really matches up to, to their expectations. That program is going to be available publicly later on in the year and next year. So we'll tell you more about that as we have it here at A Brilliant Gamble. But it's, it's been so exciting to talk to participants. One, one of the best things about doing a pilot is you have this idea in your mind about a need that's out there in the world uh, and something that you could do to help to address that need. And then you start to talk to people and you realize, yes, this is exactly what this group of people need. And this is a group of people, possibly like you, who are at a crossroads some something to do with a change in life stage so maybe they are about to start a family or they have their kids growing up moving away from home um, midlife crisis some sort of life stage thing going on alongside something else a realization that they want to live in a more authentic way they want their life to be more of a reflection of who they are of what they value and that all the different parts of that life are blended. Basically, it all integrates together. And it's been amazing to talk to people about that and to find out the different pieces that they want to integrate and uh, the similarities between their stories and the, the differences. Everyone's story is, of course, unique. And this program is designed to help people at that crossroads clarify what they want their life to look like with work integrated and then help them get there and it's a combination of group support and videos and exercises it's really genuinely as i think you can hear in my voice so exciting but these one-to-one -one calls with the participants have been really interesting some know exactly what they want and for them being part of this pilot is about momentum 
It's about getting started and maintaining that momentum as they turn their ideas into reality. Others are less clear. But even if people don't know what it is they want, most people know what they don't want. And that is what I want to talk to you about today. How knowing what you don't want can be just as good as knowing what you do want. Because it's been so interesting when I've spoken to people and they've said they don't know what they want, they have been... um, somehow apologetic for that. So they'll say, I don't know what I want. I know what I don't want, but I know that's not as good. And I'm not sure about that. In fact, I think not knowing what you want, but knowing what you don't want is a really good place to start thinking and planning from. And there are three reasons for this that I want to share with you today. So the first reason, and this is something I've talked about on the show before, is related to the myth of towards motivation and away motivation. So the theory is that uh, some people are more towards motivated. So they will get off their butts and get going with something because they have a vision, they have an aspiration, there's something that they want to move towards and they keep that goal in in their sights at all times and they're drawn towards it. Whereas other people are more away from motivated, which means that what gets them going is moving away from discomfort, away from what they don't want, even though they don't have much clarity about what they do want. And I don't really like this principle. For one reason, towards always seems more admirable. We think of towards motivated people as being optimistic and positive and that we should be like that. And away from sounds like you're basing your decision to move on fear. It's more negative. You want to avoid discomfort, but where's the inspiration or the aspiration or the vision that's missing? For me, I don't want to be judgmental about that. I don't think that towards is better than away from. And actually, we're all a bit of both. What gets us moving might be the towards stuff and might be the away from stuff in combination. And to be honest with you, having worked with people on change for nearly 20 years and, of course, changed a lot of things in my own life, What really gets us moving, what really gets us moving is the away from stuff. There's normally some kind of trigger or some catalyst that means now is the moment to move. But most of the time we're moving away from some discomfort. That's the thing that is the the final straw in a sense, even if we have quite a lot of clarity about what we want to move towards. It's It's that final straw of moving away from that gets us going. And in the hero's journey, there's always a catalytic event of some kind, which makes this the moment that our hero goes for it. So even if the vision is there, Even if the person is very positive and and aspirational and they want to move towards something, what makes this particular moment the moment to move is often a moving away from. Not 100% of the time, but very often in my experience working with real clients and in my own situation. In addition, one of the problems I have with the idea of towards motivation is that it implies that there is an end a finish line, a moment when you arrive. So you're towards motivated, you have a goal, 
and you see that goal up ahead of you and you're moving towards it and then what? Well, you achieve it. But that isn't really the case. Even if you achieve the goal, there's always life after the goal. And then what? There has to be some more moving towards. So moving away from actually makes more sense to me. There's always refinement to do. Even when you've achieved your goal, there's always something that's not quite right about it. So you want to tweak or bug fix. You want to do more growth in order to experience greater alignment, whatever it is. You're moving away from things not quite being perfect towards them being closer to perfection. So I have a problem with this towards motivation, as I think I've made very clear. And this idea we have in our society that we should be towards motivated, which makes us quite judgmental of ourselves when we're not. And judgment is very bad for moving forward, as I'll come to later on in the show. So that's the first reason that that I'm uncomfortable with this idea that we should um, always be moving towards something, that we should have real clarity about what we're moving towards. That's not always the most powerful reason to get up and get going. Moving away from something might be more powerful. Secondly, tensions and contrasts. Not all days are good days, even here in this beautiful environment, in this beautiful country. You know that we didn't enjoy every aspect and we haven't enjoyed every aspect of our trip. We didn't enjoy our couple of weeks in the UK recently because we didn't have good internet and phone signal, which made working very hard. The house was too small for us and it had white carpets. So we were stressing all the time about the dogs. They're not really white carpet dogs. And the hosts were in and out of our house, our Airbnb, tidying up, which I'm sure was meant with the best of intentions, but it felt a little intrusive. So we haven't enjoyed every aspect and we particularly didn't enjoy that couple of weeks, even though we loved the area where we were staying. This means that although it was uncomfortable and a little bit unpleasant at times, now we know what we don't want. Did I realise until then how important better than average internet was? No, I didn't. Did I realise that we like a place that we can't really mess up, like the place we're in at the moment with stone floors and tile floors everywhere and it doesn't really matter what the dogs do, they can't mess it up. Did I realise that that's what we like and that's what we need until that moment? No, I didn't. Otherwise I wouldn't have chosen the place with the white carpets. The tensions between what you're experiencing and what isn't working about that tells you something vitally important. Actually, there might be a lot that you like, maybe too much that you like, too many things you could do as you stand at this crossroads. They all look appealing. But when you know what you don't like, what you don't want, you can start to narrow down. Over here is a road that takes you to running your own business. That looks great. You can picture yourself running your own business, being your own boss. Except, because you know what you don't like, you know you don't like working alone. Which means you must like it, or you're more likely to like it, when you have people to bat ideas around with. So while having a business looks appealing, it won't work for you if it's something you do alone. And you know that because you know what you don't like. Good. (laughs) You can close that option down. 
But now you know that team companionship, working with others in collaboration is important to you. This thing that looked great wouldn't be great if it didn't include that aspect. It allows you knowing what you don't want to refine what you do want. Alternatively, here's a road that takes you to moving to San Francisco to work for a startup in Silicon Valley. And when you think about that idea, you love the freedom of it, living somewhere else, the romantic idea of Silicon Valley, making a difference in a smaller, funky business. But when you think about it, you realize you'd miss the people back home, your network. So again, because we know what you don't want, you don't want to miss people. That means that we now know what you do want, your community, family, friends, your network matters to you. By looking at tensions and seeing what doesn't appeal, you can start to see what you need, what you value. You can start to refine what it is you're looking for. And that can even happen with contrast within a day. So let's say you wake up happy, but halfway through the day, you're not in that same place. You don't have that same emotional energy. When you notice that contrast, between how you feel now versus how you felt when you first woke up and how you like feeling, which is in this case, happy, you notice that you're not feeling the way you want to feel. It helps you in that moment to get clarity over what feeling good looks like. If you only ever felt good and you never had any contrasts, it would be really difficult for you to articulate what feeling good really feels like to you and what triggers you feeling good. When you don't feel good, then you have this contrast and you're able to say, oh yeah, this is not what I want. I wanna feel how I felt when I woke up this morning. How can I get myself back into that state? So rather than beating up on yourself about the fact that you lost your good mood, a contrast in how you're feeling now versus how you were feeling or how you want to feel allows you to appreciate what you really want. It shows you how you like to feel and then you're able to pursue activities that help you find that feeling, that positive feeling, the feeling you want as much as possible. So don't worry too much about tensions. Don't worry about noticing what you don't like. These contrasts and tensions help you to understand what it is you do want, what it is you do like, and they help you to refine what you're looking for so that there aren't too many options to choose from. And thirdly, the final reason that I think it's really useful to know what you don't want. It's also acknowledging in an authentic way your personality. (laughs) Now, I have huge admiration for people who are happy and upbeat all the time and only see the positive in everything. And I certainly don't want to be constantly negative or cynical. At the same time, I do notice that when I judge myself for being sarcastic or having a dry sense of humour or grumpy or having a good moan, I tend to worsen my mood. So not only am I feeling sarcastic or grumpy or moany, but then I judge myself because I feel like I should be much more happy and upbeat all the time and my mood worsens. I become judgmental of myself, wishing I could be more positive or just happy and lighthearted all the time. Yet, the reality is that often my humour, 
comes from frustrations and darker places. I love to get things off my chest. I'm an extrovert, so talking about the stuff that's bothering me helps me to clear that stuff. It's how I make sense of my experiences. And if I can't articulate it because I'm trying not to sound negative, I find it much more difficult to move on. So recently I've been enjoying embracing my inner grump, my darker side. And weirdly or inevitably, I've been feeling more lighthearted. When we judge where we are and who we are too harshly, we actually prolong the process of change. We slow ourselves down. We stay in the dark place for longer than if we just let ourselves be where we are without judgment. So if you find yourself more in the place of lamenting what you don't want and being able to far more clearly articulate that, embrace it. There's huge value in it. And it's where you are. You're not obliged to be in a balanced Zen place all the time, but the expectation that you should will keep you stuck for longer. One of the best things about speaking to people who are going to be part of this pilot program is hearing their unique stories. Everyone has had their own journey that's got them to this point, and everyone wants something different that uniquely fits their values and their hopes and their dreams. What got them to this place, this moment, is a combination of moving away from what they don't want and discovering what they do want. And at times, each of us is in a phase where what we don't want is clearer. Some of us rarely move intentionally to what we do want. Instead, we discover by moving away from what we don't want, greater and greater alignment with our lives. You know, there's no perfect way to do change. No way is better. No way has more value or is more admirable than any other way. As long as you allow your insights and experience to change you and allow your story to evolve, you'll be moving forward. And for all the uniqueness of each of the stories I've been privileged to hear over the last few days and weeks, that's what everyone wants, to move forward with intention, to be true to themselves, to design a life that reflects who they are today based just as much on what they don't want as what they do. Next week, I'm bringing back an interview, one of my favourite interviews since I started doing this podcast with Emily and Kathleen from Being Boss. It's a fantastic conversation between the three of us, ranging between all sorts of topics from the size of my hair um, and the colour of my hair to uh, having your own business and being your own boss and how you go about doing that. So we're bringing that interview back to you next week. And the week after that, it'll be, I think, another solo show. That's the plan anyway, when I get back from the UK. In the meantime, please stay in touch. As you know, you can follow our adventures on Twitter and Instagram. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. If you go to the website, www.abrilliantgamble.com, you can sign up to the newsletter. And if you do that, and this pilot program intrigues you, if you're signed up to the newsletter, then you'll find out when all of that material and the next program is going to be more widely available. 
So sign up to that now. And please, as ever, share this podcast and leave a review, a comment, star rating on iTunes. It really, really helps to push us up the rankings. More people get to find us. If I've learned anything from talking to my pilot participants over the last few days, it is that there is a huge need out there for people who want to make a difference to their lives, who are standing at that crossroads, a huge need for support and community and resources. And this podcast is a way for people to access that for free. So please share it as widely as you dare. I hope you have a great week ahead and I really look forward to hearing from you. Here in the meantime, with all the information about how to stay in touch with us, is the lovely and very well-travelled Ivy Palmer. from you, you can get all the episodes of this show plus read the blog and find out more about our travel adventure at www.brilliantgamble.com. Sign up to the newsletter and get an advance notice of classes and programs Mummy is running. Plus you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Brilliant Gamble. Finally, please leave a review and star rating for this podcast on iTunes as it helps people find us and take a brilliant gamble of their own.